Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. That is Mike and the Moon Pies, Outlaw Love. Kicking things off for us today. It is wonderful to be here talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. Dove season opened up in my neck of the woods. I couldn't be happier. It signals the beginning of everything I love about the year. Hunting season is officially here. Early teal, uh, early resident, Canada goose, and then elk. That's what's uh, next up on my calendar. Hope you guys have big plans this fall as well and that not too many of them have been affected by the global pandemic. But uh, keep those outfitters in your thoughts because they have been hit hard, especially outside of the U.S. where, you know, because so so much of international hunting whether that's canada or africa or anywhere else depends on u.s hunter dollars uh, when when you can't get those hunters into their respective countries uh, it's uh, it's killer uh, but anyway what's up for today we got a good show guarantee you that so you know what to do pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire here pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat up old stanley thermos because we are ready to rock and roll and to kick things off, we'll be joined by two-time Olympic gold medalist David Wise. He's won the uh, men's half-pipe skiing event at the last two Winter Olympic Games. So you probably will recognize him, even if you're not familiar with that name, if you pay any attention at all to the uh, Olympics anyway. Uh, but David is also a passionate big-game hunter, a bow hunter, loves chasing elk, among other things. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then also he just overcame a, I mean, nearly career ending uh, injury, something that he suffered overseas, which makes it that much more scary. So we'll also get into that and uh, how he has put that injury in the rearview mirror and now back to uh, chasing bugling bulls through the mountains with his stick and string. Uh, then at the bottom of the hour, we will spend some time with TJ Kurgan. He's the founder of the uh, very well-known website and online store, Tactical SHI. You know the last letter. Uh, but yeah, TJ recently came under fire from Facebook. And he's got a crazy story to share regarding the censorship that is going on in our country. If you love guns, if you support the Second Amendment, if you believe in conservative values... Um, you could be a target and it could affect your livelihood as it has affected his. Um, and it's from it also not just social media, PayPal also, um, has him under intense scrutiny and preventing him from operating in a, in a free market like, uh, other companies are able to do. So fascinating stuff coming up from TJ and, and also Facebook didn't stop with just him. No, no, they got involved with his family as well, who have nothing to do with TJ or his business. Uh, so crazy times we live in. Certainly not a two-way street. The, the double standard is something that I believe we need to shed as much light on as possible. Uh, so looking forward to having TJ here in a little bit as well. 
So that's what we're going to get into here on today's broadcast. Um, certainly looking forward to it. I think it's going to make for some interesting discussion with uh, with both David and TJ. We do need to take a quick break so we can really get things going. But before we do that, let's, uh, let's do a quick giveaway. Why not? Uh, I've got a box of Kent cartridge, Fast Steel 2.0. And or or you could win a, a box of teal steel if you're going early teal hunting, but either way, a box of Kent cartridge waterfowl loads. You get to choose the size shot and gauge that you want. Uh, and so all you need to do today is email the word Kent. That's Kent to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. We'll get you entered into the Kent giveaway. And uh, we'll also throw in a Kent Cartridge cap as well. I've got a camo Kent cap just to uh, sweeten it up a tad. Uh, let's take a break. Up next, two-time Olympic gold medalist and passionate hunter David Wise joins us on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. If I could move, I'd get my gun and put her in the ground. Hey guys, Cable here for Quiet Cat, the leader in e-bikes made specifically for overlanding, hunting, fishing, and remote access to the great outdoors. Quiet Cat provides outdoor enthusiasts a means of portable, low-impact transportation while providing you with the most reliable product on the market. I own a Quiet Cat, and it has surpassed all my expectations. It's an amazing machine that stealthily gets me wherever the hunting or fishing adventure takes me. Based out of Eagle, Colorado, QuietCat is able to put all of their products to the test, making sure your e-bike is built to last. Visit QuietCat.com or call 970-328-2399 for more info. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. You thought God was an architect. Now you know he's something like a pipe bomb ready to blow. And everything you built, it's all for show. Go. That's the music of Jason Isbell bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Lone Star Beer. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you today as always. Thank you so much for sharing a part of your week with me. I do appreciate it more than you know because if you guys and gals don't listen, then what's the point, right? So thanks for being here. Uh, We've got an exciting conversation to get into with two-time Olympic gold medalist David Wise who won gold in Sochi in 2014, and then again in uh, Pyeongchang, South Korea. Is that how you say it, Pyeongchang? Uh, let's see, Pyeongchang. Yeah, anyway, he won gold there too, and he's set to join us here in just a second. But first, this segment brought to you by actually one of David's favorite companies. Not uh, very often you see a professional skier hitting the slopes in first light apparel, but David's a big fan of theirs. And something I know that we're both excited about is the Uncompagre 2.0 Puffy. It's perfect for hunting whitetails in Texas, or maybe you're chasing elk in the mountains in October, and you don't need an absolute you know, heavyweight jacket, but you need a little insulation. The Uncompagre 2.0 is what I'll be rocking 
in September, come late October. Also, serves as my pillow. That's right. I uh, wad it up and stuff it in my sleeping bag sack, and there you go. It's the Uncompagre 2.0, and you can find it at firstlight.com. First Light, go further, stay longer. All right. Well, let's bring him on right now. I think maybe the, this is the first. No, second. This is the second gold uh, medal winner we've ever had on the show. I forgot. Tim Rohde, who shoots for Team USA, uh, shotgunner, has been on before. But so that makes David the second. And so not an everyday occurrence by any means. But joining us now, it's my pleasure to welcome David Wise to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You bet. So how's the weather in uh, Nevada? It's smoky. It's uh, yeah, kind of an interesting fall. I think most of the West Coast is covered in smoke in one way or the other right now. But um, yeah, otherwise pretty good. So where's the fire at? Oh, there's a bunch of fires all over the California forest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, depending on the day, depending on the the wind direction. We don't have too many here in the state of Nevada, but uh, in terms of fires. But depending on the wind direction, some days are totally fine, and some days it's very smoky so what's the uh what's the average temperature in late august for you guys oh average temp would probably be um in the low 90s high 80s okay i would say so a little yeah. more pleasant than my neck of the woods it's been it's not super hot and honestly you know like the last thing i want is for california to go up and smoke but the smoke does keep the temperature down a little bit kind of it's almost like an overcast day you know yeah. Well, there's parts of California that it wouldn't bother me if they burned up, but uh <laughs> <laughs> not to no, name I, any names. Uh, no, no. Uh so I saw you recently arrowed a nice cow elk with uh the Get Hushing guys. What state were y'all hunting? That was out in Utah. Okay. In their little home stomping grounds. Yeah. Awesome. So I know you started skiing around like three, something like that I was reading. When did you take up hunting? Yeah, I started skiing. Skiing's been my my whole, you know, one of the one of the many things I pour my time into since I was young. But um, I would I would put hunting in that category as well. I uh, <clears throat> started tagging along. I have I have sisters that are twins that are four years older than me, and um, one of the things that my dad just kind of randomly picked up along the way was he was thinking, wow, it'd be kind of cool to, as a family to go hunting. He wasn't. He wasn't necessarily an avid hunter himself, but he mm-hmm. had he had dabbled in it. My dad actually really liked fishing more than he liked hunting. But he thought, all right, these twin girls are about to be 12, and that's when you can get your license in the state of Nevada. And he was like, oh, well, let's see if we can do this as a family. Let's try it out. So my sisters went and got their hunter safety, drew a deer tag, and went out and hunted. And I was eight at the time. And um, so that meant I got to tag along and kind of be the camp their little camp buddy and I would, mm-hmm. I would hike with them here and there. I got to see my sister shoot her first buck, uh, when she was 12 and wow. you know, it was like a hundred yard shot and she shot right through the heart and we got to, you know, eat the tenderloins over the fire that night. And as an eight year old, I thought that was the coolest thing. I think, I think for everybody hunting's either in you or it's not. And for me, it was, it was definitely in me. I was like, wow, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. I love this. So I was itching from that point on to get, you know, to, to be of age to hunt myself. So as soon as I turned 12, I got my hunting license and kind of repeated the story, went and got my hunter safety, drew my first deer tag. And looking back, you know, 
we didn't realize how hopelessly bad at hunting we were back then <laughs> as a family, but because I think we were we weren't very good at it, but we were lucky. So we always seemed to come home with something. But now, you know, I've I've gotten to hunt with guys like Remy Warren and um some of the best of the best and i'm like man we were doing this wrong but uh so i don't know it's fun like you said i got to tag along with the hush guys the other day and they definitely take their deer hunting uh to another level where i'm like hey that thing's got antlers i'm gonna go chase it and they're like that one really right <laughs> i'm like yeah that's that's me <laughs> so yeah it's it's been a fun ride and uh honestly it was remy's fault that i got really in got really into hunting because um skiing was always my my first thing obviously it's become my job it's my my primary hustle so i can't i can't not ski and i can't not put a lot of attention into skiing so hunting was always kind of on the back burner and um in nevada it's it's especially when you're just when you're exclusively rifle hunting you would be lucky to draw a deer tag or an elk or a cow elk tag uh-huh. every year most of the time like some guys if you're going to rifle hunt you'll you might even go as far as every other year drawing something and being able to go hunt big game so that that's not conducive to like getting really into it but once you start hunting with a bow you can draw a tag every single year and some years you can draw multiple tags Hmm. so after the olympics in 2014 remy just kind of saw how overwhelmed and stressed i was by just too much attention for an introvert and he was like hey man here why don't you take this extra bow i have just just have fun with it see what you like and so I started shooting the spring that year and put in for deer tags and drew a, an archery deer tag and went out and shot my first mule deer my first season and that was that was that was the end of it man. Now I put in for multiple states. I'm hunting all over. Yeah. I take my bow sometimes on these skiing trips to see if I can stop off and hunt these little places along the way. It's, uh, <laughs> it's become a soul deep thing. Yeah, that's cool. And I didn't know that uh, you had twin sisters. So my kids are the exact opposite my son is seven and then i have identical twin girls that are five so oh man you're in the grind yeah yeah but the girls uh i've taken henry um he's been in in the blind with me when i've shot a a deer and uh we recently shot an axis deer together i let him shoot his first exotic um we have tons of exotics in texas so it's like a Mm -hmm. year-round opportunity and i let him shoot a black buck doe and my girls are just beating me up. Dad, you, you always take Henry. You don't ever take us, which is not true. They've been in the blind with me when I've shot a doe. Um, uh-huh. But they're they're like duck hunting. We want to go duck hunting because they want to go to see their dog, my dog, uh, fetch ducks. So yeah, it work. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I got them a duck lease this year so we could have a family uh, place to go. But they are chomping at the bit. That's cool oh, that's that awesome. uh, your sisters embrace it kind of in the same way that, that they are. But you know, you saw your sisters do it, and they're seeing their brother do it, but it's the same same yeah. result. Um, do the do the twins gang up on the boy? They they try to. Yeah. But uh, he, you know, he's just a little stronger than them. So. Yeah. See, I was at a disadvantage. Like, I was four <laughs> yeah. years younger, and I was outnumbered, so uh-huh. I got my little butt kicked. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think um, I mean I remember watching you in 2014 and 2018 the winter olympics and i casually watched the x games i i can't say that i that one's ever left a lasting impression on me but always the winter olympics and you won gold in the, the half pipe um in 2014 and then again in 2018 and i think it was probably about that time that first light 
posted a photo of you skiing in one of their cipher jackets. And that's yeah. when I realized, oh, cool, you know, David likes to hunt, or he's just wearing this jacket, but probably he's a hunter. Uh, <laughs> so what is your what is your favorite thing to hunt? Oh, man, I think like most Western hunters, my favorite thing to hunt is elk, just yeah. because there's this, uh, you take this, um, first of all, the yield is so high, right? Like if you get an, if you get an elk down, even if it's a cow, like that cow that I shot with the hush guys, uh, was probably a two year old, maybe a three year old cow. So mm-hmm. not a super old mature one, but, but old enough to be big. And, um, that's like 200 pounds of meat, you yeah. know, and you cannot complain about that with one tag. Uh, so that's the yield is so high, but you also have this conversational aspect to it. Like, um, I mean, even just taking that story as an, as an example, um, I'm sitting there and, and we had been eyeing up this, this one particular deer all afternoon. It was pretty nice, tall four by four is actually the one that, um, their other buddy shot the next day. Okay. And, um, so a nice deer and and i kind of i kind of made a move on him he maybe saw me a little bit and, and that that kind of caused him to keep his distance i was trying to cut him off and get into a place that he was going to move into and i maybe moved a little too fast or maybe he just was feeling wary or whatever so he settled down at like 200 yards and just sat it down and was just kind of like not motivated to move and i was like well this this place probably over it's starting to get dark nothing's going to happen and then that was when I noticed that cow elk in the brush, not far from him. But you add the conversational aspect of hunting. I mean, you know, she was a lone cow and I think she was looking to find somebody else. And so I cow called three times and she came running in. So the ability to be able to call to them and be able to call to such a big animal just makes it so much more dynamic and so much more fun. So obviously my favorite thing to do is to hunt bull elk in the, during the rut. Yeah, but um, I think just elk in general are just—they're such a fascinating creature. And I mean, I'll, I'm an opportunist. I'll hunt any species with any weapon, any time I can pull it off. But if I had to—if I had to choose one thing for the rest of my life, it would definitely be elk. Well, I think we're in the same boat there as far as the uh, opportunistic aspect. People are like, "Well, Cable, okay, are you just a bow hunter?" And I'm like, "No, I will no. use my bow when I legally have to use my bow, and then I'm not too proud to uh, pick up a rifle. I don't care." Yeah, same uh, here. But I do, I do love bow hunting, and bow hunting elk, even for a southerner, is my favorite thing to do. Um, I, unfortunately, for us or for me, with kids and everything else going on. I usually get to do it for one week and that's it. And I yep. go, whether it's in this year, it's going to be back to New Mexico. Last year was Montana. I've done Colorado, um, but I will never miss elk season. And um, that aspect, like you said, of um, the vocalization aspect. And here you were, you called this cow in and that's long before the bulls are bugling. I'm assuming you didn't yeah, hear oh a bugle yeah. while you're up there. Um, that's why I felt like, you know, I, I buy that Utah tag every year. It's a, it's a, you know, what do they call it? An archer's choice uh-huh. tag, meaning you can shoot a cow or a, or a bull. And uh, I always get a little bull crazy, especially when the rut's going on. I've, I mean, last year, and, and I, everything, I think hunting always plays out in stories, too. Sure. Because last year I had three or four different cows at 20 to 30 yards, and I was just trying to call the bull out. You know, like I can see the cows, so I know he's right there. And 
Um, one time I kind of painted myself into a corner where I actually got too close to the cows. And I, I feel like if I had just been able to get out of sight and rake a little bit, it would have got, they would have brought the bull right in, mm-hmm. but I was calling to him and bugling to him and he was bugling right back and cutting me off and he was angry, but not angry enough. And, uh, so I, I had these situations where I could have shot cows last year and I ended up eating tag soup. And so that kind of irked me a little bit because after the fact, when I've spent seven, eight, seven days away from my family hunting elk and I had an opportunity to bring 200 pounds of good quality game meat home and didn't take it and then ended up eating tag soup, I'm like, man, I could have, should have, would have just shot one of those cows and I would have been just as happy with the amount of meat that I got, even if I had, (laughs) even if I got one of those bulls. So that's kind of how the story played out where I was like, I mean, it was it was the second day of the season and I shot a cow this year. Cause I was just itchy. I was like, man, it's been a while since I've shot milk. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, it was early in the season, but just the fact that you can vocalize with them all, all throughout the year. I mean, I've called up, I've called in, uh, and in Nevada is kind of a, it's not as much of an opportunity state. It's more of a quality state. So, um, the bulls don't get hunted very often, but I've called in bulls in, you know, November, just because they're like, huh, let me go check that out. That's interesting. Yeah. And so even just being able to use that vocalization to find them too, when you get into the thick stuff and you're just like, well, I don't know if there's any elk in here, but I can at least try to call to them. And if they answer, then they answer. And I know they're there. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I, I'm looking at right now, um, you know, Amazon Prime is like my best friend. And uh, they just brought me a, a new bugle tube today so oh, nice. i just opened it up <laughs> yep. and haven't started playing with it yet but yeah i'm going third week of september to new mexico so it should be nice i'll prime. be in new mexico the uh the second week of september awesome myself i've uh i've shot two bulls on public land there with my bow the second week of september so nice yeah should should be there for for a, a lot of pre-ruts and those satellite bulls will they'll be They'll be all fired up. There's no doubt. Yeah, dude, I've I've never I've never even really been to New Mexico, so I'm looking forward to it. That's my that's my big push for the year. I try to do I do Utah and Nevada every year just because they're close, and then um, I hunted California blacktail early in the season, and then my big push is going to be the New Mexico elk thing for the first time. So I'm pretty excited. So did you draw a tag there, or landowner, or what yeah. do you do? Yeah, I drew a tag. So awesome. went in for it, didn't think I was going to draw it. And then I got that little happy little message in the email and yeah, now it begins. Well, we can talk off the air uh, about where you're going and uh, I don't give up my units. Um, it's like the first rule about fight club is you don't talk about fight club. Yeah. Let's not talk about where <laughs> Now, if anyone ever has a question state, about. That's all we're going to do on, on air. Yeah. If anyone ever has a question, I'm always happy to answer in a DM or give them a little more information, but. I want to, you know, the point is I want to keep drawing that unit because I've had success there. So, yeah, uh, exactly. That's that's the way it goes. Well, I'm certainly enjoying the conversation, David. Uh, we do need to work in a quick break. I want to come back and get into a traumatic injury that you suffered last year, how you overcame that, and uh, mix in a little more big game hunting talk. Sound good? Wait, man. Awesome. Perfect. And that segment brought to you by the new Stealth Cam Fusion. Continuing the evolution in wireless cell camera technology, the Fusion is the most budget-friendly cell cam out there. Plus, uh, you you get your monthly data plans right through Stealth Cam. So no more having to deal with a third party like AT&T or Verizon, any of that stuff. 
It's all done right there on the Stealth Cam website. It's the Fusion, and you can find it at StealthCam.com. We'll be right back with more from two-time Olympic gold medalist David Wise on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Let the cops chase us around The past is gone but something might be found To take its place Head jealousy Hey guys, Cable here for Coon Stopper. If you're tired of losing corn or protein to those pesky raccoons, well, here's your solution. If you're running a traditional feeder that has, you know, those long legs that coons like to climb up, rob you blind... Well, you just attach the coon stopper to each leg. It's so easy. I just put one on a 300-pound all-seasons feeder, and <laughs> the results speak for themselves. Coons don't like it. They basically attempt one time, realize that it hurts, and they're done. Throw in the towel, just like that. It's the coon stopper, and you can find it at alamooutdoorworld.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Here on the highway Lord, it's cold and quiet tonight If you were driving, you don't mind I just might find some peace Find some peace tonight There's a little Dolly Shine, Bourbon Flood, the name of that one, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Presented by Lone Star Beer. Cable Smith here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today as we are visiting with uh, passionate big game hunter and Olympian David Wise. And we're going to get back into that conversation momentarily. But first, this segment is brought to you by All Season Speeders and the Big Ching Gone. Just got another one put up on the deer lease. And here's why. Uh, perfect for introducing the kiddos into hunting. They want to go with dad so bad, and the big chingone has enough room for not only all three kids to sit in there comfortably, but also the wife, if she wants to be a part of that, which sometimes she does. Sometimes uh, she's like, now y'all go ahead. Hunting's not really her thing, but she loves family time. So for me, it provides an opportunity to combine the two things I love most, hunting and family. It's got shelves, it's got carpet, it's got windows for rifle or archery, whatever you prefer. It's everything you could ever ask for in a hunting blind. It's the Big Chingone. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. All right. Well, let's get back into it now with uh, David Wise. Appreciate you sticking around through the break, buddy. Um, you know, in 2019, you suffered a pretty traumatic injury. Uh, was looking at your Instagram feed, and you really put yourself out there, made yourself vulnerable, and said, you know, you felt so small because of how this thing played out really had to let God take control. So what exactly happened with that situation? Yeah, it was kind of one of those fluke things. Um, I think when you do a sport that's as dangerous as mine, 
for as many years as I've been doing it, you can kind of get complacent. Uh-huh. Um, you kind of see the same thing with backcountry hunters or even mountaineers who just go deep into the backcountry by themselves for so long that they kind of forget that they're flirting with death at all times. And that's kind of what happened. I just was, I was at a film and photo event over in Austria. It's called, it's called Audi nine. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept is that they build this giant castle like structure out of snow. Um, so that it looks cool, but at the same time, it's kind of a, it's kind of a launch pad to do all kinds of crazy stuff and just get, just get good video content and good photo content and stuff. So one aspect of that feature was this huge quarter pipe and, um, it was kind of like a quarter pipe with a safe landing. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just a razor's edge pipe landing. Like what I normally do It actually had kind of a banked landing. So you could, you could go higher and do bigger tricks without the, um, without quite as much risk. And mm-hmm. so I had played around with that all week and I was having lots of fun. And then I started getting kind of creative and, and using the landings sort of the way that they weren't, weren't intended. Cause I was just, you know, I was overconfident and having fun and I took off and I just realized, wow, I have really effed this up. Like I'm, I'm in trouble now. And I just landed on the edge of one landing and the, one edge of one landing and one, one edge of the other. So my legs were on two different contours and uh had a little bit of an impact on my hip and it just shattered my femur mm. uh, like pretty much on impact i've 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 like pretty much kissed my toe during the tumble so oh. and i'm not a flexible guy so that that i knew right away wasn't right and then laying down there in the bottom of the landing i could move my hip but i couldn't move my my toe wasn't good. so i knew something wasn't connected right in there so um yeah spiral fracture my femur was in three different pieces and they had to go in and uh, put a big old rod from pretty much from my knee all the way up into my hip joint. And then they put a pin to lock the rod in into my hip joint. So quite a bit of muscle damage, both from the original injury where, you know, there's pieces of my femur shredding essentially the muscles surrounding it and, hmm. and the the muscle damage from the repair. Um, so in my head, when I, when I got to the hospital and the doctor told me what was wrong and, um, I, like I said, I was in Austria. So, um, fortunately all, a lot of those German speaking, well, most European countries, they, that most people in the medical profession speak English very well. So there wasn't as much of a language barrier, but there was a bit of a culture barrier because the Austrian doctors kind of wanted me to do things their way. And I was like, no, listen, like I have a team of medical professionals uh, who I've been working with for a very long time. I want to make sure that they're comfortable with what you guys are going to do before I go under the knife here. And they were not very like enthralled about me swinging my weight around and saying, Hey, I'm not going to sign any papers or do any surgeries until my doctor signs off on it. Yeah. Uh, but they finally came around. So fortunately I was able to call my, my doctor personally. And, and he's, a, he's become a good friend. We've been working together for so many years. He's been to the Olympics with me twice. Uh, his name's Andrew Cooper. And he, uh, he answered the phone and, and he got, he got behind everything and made sure he made all the phone calls he needed to make to make sure that I was at the right hospital, getting yeah. the right surgery and things like that. And he and I go elk hunting every year in Utah. So that's actually how I got into the Utah elk hunting thing in the first place. So, um, that was a relief to know that I was doing the right thing. And then from that point forward, it just became a recovery struggle. You know, you, you make a bad, you make a bad decision. You have a catastrophic injury and you realize, okay, this is the new normal. So 
you know, I could sit around and complain and whine and be bitter about this, or I could just embrace it and say, this is, this is what I have to deal with now and move forward. And man, I've never had, I've, I've been injured a few times. I've had a couple ACL reconstructions and a few, a few broken bones. I've been fairly fortunate for being a half pipe skier my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never had a recovery that was so tough just with the muscle damage and, and all of the stuff that went along with it, man. It took, it took a long time. And, and I would say right now I'm almost a year and a half out. And for the first time, I'm like feeling like a hundred percent, like almost to the point where I forget that it ever happened. And that, that took a long time. Whereas even with my ACLs, it took me about six to eight months to where I was feeling a hundred percent poppy and strong and, and, and able to be aggressive again. And, and now I'm finally feeling that again for the first time, 18 months out of this thing. Wow. Yeah, that's terrible. But, uh, like you said, you didn't sit around and, you know, wrap yourself up in self pity. Yeah. It just doesn't help. I mean, you can be bitter, but eventually you have to just let go and say, okay, what am I going to do next? And mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's been good for me. I think you have a, so much higher of a level of appreciation for being able to be active and out there doing what you love to do when you've been injured like that. It it just gives you that that much more fire to go out and do it. Well, I think complacency, going back to what you said, is uh, it's dangerous in in any aspect of life, um, whether, you know, hunting especially. Um, And you don't even have to be in the backcountry. It could be something as simple as not unchambering your rifle, you know? Um, Yep. So, yeah, complacency is a dangerous thing. Uh, David, I imagine there's not a lot of professional skiers hitting the slopes in their hunting jackets. No, it's, I'm kind of an anomaly. That's for <laughs> sure. It, to me, it's something that goes, they should go hand in hand. Right. And they do. I mean, it's hunting speaks to me in the off season, what I would call the skiing off season. Although anymore, it's almost like the, it's almost like my life is, is catered around hunting and, and skiing is the hunting off season, but, um, you know, they're opposite seasons. Hunting's in the, in the, you know, spring, summer, and fall and skiing's in the winter when nothing really, not too much is going on on the hunting front. Unless you're in the Lone Star State and you can hunt things all year long. That's right. That's yeah. right. But well, you uh, haven't gotten into duck hunting yet though. That's, uh, you, you probably shouldn't no, get addicted to I, it. I have not. I've, I actually, I can see myself getting into it, but, um, yeah, I I certainly don't have, I don't do all the things that guys do during the winter. Yeah. Uh, in terms of hunting. Well, you can't. I mean, but, your job you got to ski. So when you retire, yeah. it's time to get a lab and a shotgun. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do. I I get out. I spend a lot of time in Colorado, and I get out and hunt the front range for geese, at least two or three times a year, and that's always a blast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, what is your favorite piece that you did you just love from first light? Oh man, honestly, I love all their like lightweight puffy layers because I'm the kind of guy. For one thing, I run pretty warm. Maybe it's just the fact that I've been forced to suffer through cold temperatures most of my life, but I get hot easily. So I like being able to take those like the Brooks down mm-hmm. and just wear it for a while, and then take it off and stuff it in my pocket. So. um and all their different glove options. I, but one of the things that I love about first light is they make some things that I can use all year long. Obviously they make a lot of great things that I use during hunting season, 
um, especially during the hot seasons that I'm hunting in Nevada when, you know, archery season opens for cow elk, it opens August 1st and for deer it opens August 10th. It means you're hunting in some pretty hot temperatures. Right. So like the wick hoodie, you know, helps keep the sun off of you, but also is like lightweight and breathable and doesn't stink as bad. That stuff is, that stuff is money during hunting season, but I love the things that I can use all year long too. Like I, I could not be found without a set of first light gloves out there on the hill skiing and um you know just the combination of things i wear the seat storm type jacket when i'm skiing uh-huh. it's just a it's a perfect shell layer because i don't like to ski when i'm doing my primary hustle which is half by competition i'm not wearing insulated jackets because i'm running at such a high temperature anyways because i'm doing these i'm doing i'm steadily doing laps like it's constant so um, I don't need a lot of insulation, but it's nice to have that, you know, the waterproofing and, mm-hmm. and just be able to shed the shell easily or wear just a, a layer or two underneath it. Right. Right on. Well, you know, your social media is, isn't littered with actual harvest. You know, there's some photos of you um, shooting your bow, but I imagine that's uh, it, somewhat intentional to not alienate sponsors. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I get it. I, I know sometimes my sponsors, some of them cringe a little when I post political stuff based on protecting the Second Amendment. Uh, yeah. But I but I don't know any other way to do it other mm-hmm. than to say what needs to be said. And uh, I think a lot of a lot of them respect that about me. But I don't know. Maybe you're smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, I don't know, man. Social media is such a such a such a two-edged sword it is i want to um i i don't want to be in social media at all unless i'm having a positive influence influence on the on the culture around us so um like i i don't know i'm not really into just posting things i try not to just post things that are like hey look at me this is what i'm doing this is right. look at how cool i am you know so i try to post things that that come with some quality or maybe you know, help people like you were talking about with my femur recovery. Like I tried to post things that were like, Hey, I'm in a pretty tough situation right now. And you might be feeling the same way. Uh, why don't you like, here's maybe some things that have helped me that might help you through what you're going through, that kind of stuff. Like I I try to post from those places. Um, but authenticity to me is really important. So, um, I don't shy away from the hunting thing. Like I'm not, I'm not shy about talking about it in the same way that I'm not shy about talking about my faith. I'm like, look, I think that God made us and he loves us and he wants us to um, celebrate this planet with him. And one of the ways that I choose to do that is through hunting. And that's how I get in tune with, with the creator. And that's how I spend time with him is by going out and chasing the critters that he made. Mm -hmm. So I don't shy away from it, but I also realize that a lot of people follow me just for the skiing thing. And that's totally fine. Cause like I said, I I'm well aware that that's my primary hustle is skiing and it's the Olympics and it's being able to try to go, you know, I'm going to try to go one more time at least and, and see if we can make another splash. But um, what's been kind of fun for me is I realized a lot of the people that follow me don't want to see my hunting content. So I just made a sub profile. It's called wise OTG or wise off the grid. And that's my little hunting that's my little hunting channel. So oh, okay. My, uh, it's like my alter ego. It's the, same, <laughs> it's the place where I'm, I post the things that I, that I wouldn't post on my other one that are, you know, a little bit more like hunting and gritty and 
that's where I post about our little tiny farm that we were running at my house, you know, and uh-huh. talk about our chickens and pigs and, you know, just the, it's almost my, yeah, like I said, my alter ego profile. So cool. that's a cool way that I've, that's one of the ways that I've found to be as authentic as I want to be without alienating people at the same time. Well, that's interesting. Cause I just, uh, I'm starting a, a little bit more of a political, it's going to be called justified pursuit with my, with my elk hunting buddy, uh, and we just have a lot of stuff to say about not, not all politics, a lot about, you know, what is justified pursuit? Obviously, hunting is a justified pursuit. Um, I think in society today, being being a manly man is like frowned upon. And I don't think that's how God created <laughs> it us. Is, yeah. You know, testosterone isn't toxic. Masculinity isn't toxic at its core. Um, and I think we're raising... <laughs> I know you're not raising your son this way, and I'm not sure as hell not raising mine this way, but we're raising a bunch of wussies. Uh, yeah. And so that's kind of where I'm going to take that other one. But like you said, kind of an alter ego, which cause I do feel sometimes people don't want to be inundated with political stuff. And I don't do it too often, but, you know, I feel like I have to say it. Maybe I yeah, you're like, like what you've done is create that I other page. If I don't say it, my authenticity is on the line. Right. So I have to say right. it, whether people like it or not. And that's kind of been my philosophy, too. Yeah. The reality is, even even as outspoken about hunting as I have been, has probably cost me dollars on the skiing side of things. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, like it's cost me a couple opportunities. I've had sponsors tell me, "Hey, we are we are not going to renew our contract with you because we find out that you like to kill and eat your own food." What a uh, sham, dude. I mean. So I said good riddance. I'm like, no, those are dollars that I won't be putting in my bank account, and I have no need. Like, I'd rather be poor and authentic than rich and fake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel you. I feel you. No doubt about that. Same exact situation. Um, we're wrapping things up here, man. I've certainly enjoyed the conversation. I feel like we're, uh, we're a lot alike in more ways than I would have imagined. Um, what is your bucket list hunt? I know you put in for various other states. and uh, That's one cool thing about New Mexico, though, is you don't have to get preference points. It's just every year it's totally yeah, random. Everybody's coming from the same. Yeah. yeah, it's an even playing field. I yeah. love that about New Mexico. I, I certainly, <laughs> I mean, they've won me probably. They've won me over for life. I may never draw another tag, but having drawn one now, I'm like, well, I guess I'll keep putting it in that state. That's great. Right, right. Um, man, I got. I have to do one of the sheep hunts, and, and I don't, I don't, I think everybody probably says this. I don't see myself ever becoming the sheep hunting fanatic the way that the way that other people do, just because I love meat so much. Like mm-hmm. hunting for me is about meat. So I'm always gonna cater my limited time that I have around how many how many days can I spend hunting elk. You know, and that and that's why I've gotten into the multi state thing where every at least every other year or every third year and sometimes every year I can draw a cow tag in Nevada and then I can buy an over the counter tag in Utah. And, you know, that's two elk hunts that I can do right there. And that's a potential for a great deal of meat. And so mm-hmm. my, my hunting is always going to be centered around, you know, the ability to fill the freezer, especially with things that are as delicious as elk. But someday I want to go hunt doll sheep, you know, up there in the cliff. When yeah. Shoot one of those white you know, blazing white looking. I, I got to go hunt Alaska for caribou a couple of years back. And all I, you know, I spent half the time just glassing up sheep and goats. And I was like, man, that would be super cool. Did you get a so, caribou? I did. Yeah, I got one. Awesome. Yeah. haven't yeah, done that yet. Delicious meat too. 
Yeah. That's what I hear. That's what I hear, man. Yeah, doll sheep would be epic. There's no doubt. Uh, but hey, if uh, I guess we got to stop turning down those sponsor dollars because <laughs> it ain't cheap. <laughs> That's true. I know. <laughs> oh shoot. Yeah. Well, my my, my main uh, objective in 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 the hunt on the hunting side of things is to try to do as many different things as blue collar as I can. People are like, I think people kind of. I think people have a misconception about Olympic athletes and they're like, Oh yeah, man, you must be just making bank and like, Oh yeah, you want to do this hunt? And I'm like, I mean, I'm here to hunt public land over the counter type stuff. That's the kind of hunter that I am because I can't afford to do these pay to play hunts that you guys are wanting to do. Right. Right. Well, I did a, a, uh, kind of a working man's moose hunt in Newfoundland last year and, uh, ended up with, they don't have the giant, bulls that you find in you know alaska or uh even british columbia but i shot a nice 13 point bull and i got about 500 pounds of meat off of it that's awesome yeah so had to buy a just had to buy a new freezer i call it the moose freezer so only thing (laughs) that's in there is moose yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah yeah wait how did you get it home uh so it's cool they they uh they have a trucking service basically that because most of their hunters are from the states, and so they right. they take a big old truck, maybe two eighteen wheelers, refrigerated ones, and they uh, just make a loop around the country. And Deliveries. Dallas, Dallas oh, was one of the stops, cool. so it was like thirty minutes away from me. So nice. just went and picked oh, it all up. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so you're gonna participate in, or I guess you have to qualify, but uh, the 2022 Olympics. That's the goal. Yep. Okay. I got to, uh, I got to make the team, yeah. but, um, if I stay the course, like I said, I'm, I'm feeling a hundred percent myself again. So, uh, I'm, I'm optimistic for sure. I'm, en- I'm enjoying doing what I do and, uh, certainly trying to fuel the grind with as much game meat as possible. And, you know, I'm one elk in, I feel like if I get one more elk or maybe two more deer, uh, then I can pretty much exclusively eat game meat between here and there, and that always makes me happy. Well, if you ever uh, want to take a break from skiing in the winter and and come down to Texas, just let me know. We got tons of whitetail and hogs, so. Hey, I I can I can I'm easy to entice. You know, my <laughs> California hunt, buddies, how much I like to hunt hogs. Well, we'll uh, we'll touch base off the air regarding that, but I'm sure we can set All something right. up. Well, man, I certainly appreciate it, David. It's been nice uh, getting to know you and, like I said, just kind of following you from afar uh, from the Olympics to, to finding out you're, you're one of us, and, and uh, I'm sure that our audience uh, enjoyed it as well. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. So there you have it, world-renowned skier in the men's halfpipe, David Wise. Don't know how many times he's medaled at the X Games. It's a lot. Uh, two Olympic gold medals for Team USA as well. Certainly someone that I could see myself sharing a a hunting camp with sometime in the near future. Cool dude. Uh, That segment of the presentation was brought to you by the new Vortex Optics Diamondback HD Spotting Scope Series. Starting uh, MSRP like $499.99, you're going to get a great optic that's not going to break the bank. It's going to be an essential part of your backcountry kit. I guarantee you that. And uh, you're going to get the great VIP warranty, but the best in the business from Vortex, a transferable lifetime warranty. You break it, they fix it. It's the Diamondback HD Spotting Scope Series. Check it out at vortexoptics.com.
We'll be right back with TJ Kurgan, founder of Tactical SHI. You know what? Uh, but he got 900,000 Facebook likes until two weeks ago when Facebook took him off the grid. That's right. The censorship knows no end. And it's a one-way street coming from the left right at you and I. We discuss with TJ next on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Kicking ass is getting old. Taking names takes its toll. On a worn-out, busted, beat-up soul like mine. British Columbia is world-renowned for its beauty and wildlife, and Vancouver Island is revered as a magical place by hunters. Vancouver Island Coastal Bear Adventures specializes in taking mature trophy black bears with 18-inch minimum skulls in the 6.5 to 7.5-year range. They also have Roosevelt elk tags and only take Boone and Crockett bulls each fall. 60% of their guiding area is located on private land. So whether you're looking for a Boone or black bear, once-in-a-lifetime Roosevelt elk, or a giant cougar, They've got the hunt for you. Visit VancouverIslandBearHunt.com to book your hunt today. That's VancouverIslandBearHunt.com. Howdy, folks. I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. Stuff there from Rance May and the Coyotes. Show goes on. The name of that one. Cable Smith here with you as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing a part of your week with me. It is great to be here talking outdoors with you. Second Amendment stuff as well, which we're about to get into. And the censorship that pro Second Amendment pages, personalities, news outlets are seeing from Facebook. I mean, whether you love it or hate it, Facebook pretty much runs the internet. I'm a Google. And if you have a business, you got to be on that outlet. I mean, it's a, it's a great platform. But the catch is it's run by bleeding heart leftists who, number one, don't care about the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and then number two, just assume take a crap all over the Second Amendment while they're at it and uh, start banning folks who post pro-Second Amendment. Actually, Facebook this week just released a statement saying they have deemed the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting a, quote, mass murder. When did Facebook become the judge, jury, and executioner? I thought we had a, a legal system where one will be judged by a jury of their peers to determine the outcome. But no, Facebook has said they will n no longer allow any support of Kyle Rittenhouse because he's a mass murderer, according to them. 
And so uh, we're going to get into this very interesting time in our country's history where the, f- the First Amendment is under attack. The Second Amendment is under attack by an entity who has more power than they know what to do with and have no uh, consequences for censoring their users. I understand it's a private company, but at the end of the day, they live by a double standard, which if they got rid of, uh, let's be honest, they wouldn't have any standards at all. And we're going to get into what happened to TJ Kurgan here in just a second as he will be joining us. Uh, But before we do that, this segment of the show brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. You know, land is the one thing they're not making anymore, but we all want it, whether that's for uh, hunting, recreating, fishing, uh, running cattle, or just to get the hell out of the big city. You know, country life is looking more and more appealing these days. So if you're ready to take that plunge, make that dream your reality, head over to LoneStarAgCredit.com. They've been doing it for over 100 years, and they've got your back. Uh, with that being said, let's bring him on right now. Joining us is TJ Kurgan, founder of Tactical SHI. You know what? TJ, thanks for being here. Hey, it's great to be here. Uh, literally, I'm really happy every morning when I wake up. <laughs> right on. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, Tactical S. We can't say the S word on the radio. but uh, Oh, that's right, because yeah. this is a syndicated radio show, so you have that FCC stuff to worry about. Right. Well, I run, a, I run an organization. The company's actually called WebCorp, Inc. It was listed as an Inc. 500 company a few years back, but... Everybody knows it as Tactical SH blank T. Right. And uh, the acronym for Ship High in Transit, I believe, is where it all started. But, uh, you know, we've been a social media driven um, wholesaler and retailer of tactical gear and gun parts, ammunition, high capacity magazine. Well, what I should call standard capacity magazines are only high in California. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we sell gun parts. We sell tactical gear. We sell ammo. We sell body armor. And we got about 2.2 million, actually 2.4 million fans, followers, subscribers across different social media networks, or at least we did until last week. Right, right. And so when did you first get on Facebook, going back to the beginning? Well, I've been on Facebook Probably since I left MySpace. I'm not even sure how long ago that was, but it definitely tells you how old I am. Sure. Um, Facebook, though, we we started this brand, this social media community, uh, in 2013, shortly after Sandy Hook. Uh-huh. I was extremely vocal in the pro-Second Amendment world online and uh, uh, decided I needed my own outlet for it. So I would you know, kind of take the, take the soapbox off my personal page. And so I created the Tactical SHT page, uh-huh. and uh, that's where – I'm an ex-cop. I, uh, I was one of the first officers to carry an AR-15 in my patrol car after the 1995 bank robbery gone bad in Hollywood, California. And so I had a little bit of knowledge about AR-15s and a, and a love for all things tactical, so I started that page and uh, was giving advice to the guys that were running out and buying ARs because Obama told them that he didn't want them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sold a lot of guns. We we, we thank him for that. Uh, yeah, he used to be the number one gun salesman on earth, but I think some others are, you know, like trying to trying to beat him on that one now. Yeah, yeah. Well, so and your page went unmolested for how long? Oh, 
the molestation started pretty quickly, but it, it was it, it was it was rather benign at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we started the we started getting really messed with right about the time. Uh, oh, I would say Obama's second uh, his second re- or his reelection. Yeah, I don't remember what year it was, but I could tell you that you know we have been censored by them taking our page down. This uh-huh. is the fourth time now. Wow. Um, but it all, uh, the last time was very ironic. It was, uh, it was four years ago last Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I oh, woke up, yeah. I woke up last Thursday and you know how on Facebook it shows you your memories. Yeah. You know, like maybe a fishing trip you did or a hunting trip you did or something. And, you know, and sometimes you can share it and say, oh, I can't believe it's been this long, you know, whatever. Look how skinny so, I was. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I woke up Thursday morning and I looked at my Facebook and it was, it was memory. And I was actually on the Tommy Laren show and, and the Glenn Beck network four years ago that day, uh, basically telling the story like I am now about how Facebook took our page down right before the election four years ago. Hmm. And, uh, and so I shared that memory and I went about my day and about two o'clock that afternoon, last Thursday, my wife calls me and she says, what did you do now? I said, what do you mean what I do? She says, I can't log into my Facebook. So I went to my Facebook to look, and I couldn't log in either. Actually, I could. And when I logged into my personal Facebook, it said, we've disabled your account. Now, I've never seen that before. That's that's something new. Yeah. They disabled my personal account and my wife's account. It didn't say I was suspended for 30 days or seven days or 24 hours. They disabled my account. So all my pictures of my kids my dogs, my cars, my trucks, my hunting and fishing trips and shooting competitions, they're all gone. All those memories, a decade worth of my life, you know, it's all gone. Hopefully it's in the cloud on my Google or something, but yeah. You know, and then and then I uh, I called my my company admin that run our uh big Facebook page that had 900,000 followers. Wow. And uh they said, "Oh, it's still there. We're looking at it." And about 10 seconds later they go, "Oh. Oh, no." I'm like, what? And they said, well, it just went red, and it says, we've unpublished your page. And so hmm. we knew at that point that there was a major move to silence us. And it wasn't but a couple hours later, um, we made contact with a guy that I'm going to leave nameless that used to be an engineer at Facebook, that he's kind of the guy that champions these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works as an intermediary between 2A companies and Facebook when Facebook wrongly takes them down. And he told us that that day Facebook had a press release stating that they were targeting and, and, and quote unquote purging uh, what they called QAnon pages and groups, militia pages and groups, and right-wing extremists that promoted hate and violence. <laughs> and so somehow, you know, that's, that's what they tell the public. Uh-huh. And then, meanwhile, they they took my wife's page or my wife's profile, and she's a forty-five-year-old soccer mom that doesn't ever post anything political. But she was connected to a conservative, pro-Second Amendment, politically vocal company, and so she was silenced just like I was. Isn't that ironic, TJ? That uh, you're you're labeled a right-wing extremist that's proliferating hate when the other side is the one that claims, oh, love and acceptance. Until you don't agree with them, and then right. they're the ones that fly off the handle, 
you know, start yeah, and burn your business down, cutting you out, yeah, or 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 figuratively burn your business down by taking away nine hundred thousand followers. Um, yeah, you know, that's not the same as oh, smashing in your storefront, but funny. it's a uh, it's the same result. You know, it's it's crippling. Um, so, I mean, the the biggest hypocrites that there are, and so it's, it's not surprising. I mean, they've put me in Facebook jail before, and um, had to go through somebody like you did, I imagine, to, to get my page back. But the thing is that they don't offer any support or any explanation. They probably, you know, they didn't even tell you they were doing it. And then uh, they have no, there's no accountability. They can do whatever they want, which, um, you know, so I guess. what made this one different, normally they say, hey, you posted something we don't like. Here it is. And we're banning you for this many days or hours. Mm-hmm. With this one, there was no, we didn't do anything wrong. They just decided they didn't like what our, our our political leanings and they they removed us for that which is by definition you know marxist communist nazi all the things that they call us right right hey you know what about our free speech oh wait uh you're a conservative you don't have free speech right yeah you know and then there's absolutely nothing we can do all of our fans and followers they're all saying oh sue 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 well you can't you know, it's uh, you accept the terms and conditions of the platform when you sign up. You're using it for free. It's theirs. They own it, and they they can control what goes on it. Now, President Trump signed something into law a few months ago um, that said that they could not do that because they're publishers. Now, maybe because of that, you know, we'll see some ability to take some sort of um, you know class action because we're not the only page that got taken down last Thursday. It's it's literally thousands. Uh, my my father was telling me Candace Owens, uh, a a, uh, oh, yeah, I know a her. Uh, conservative uh-huh. talk show host, was was her page was zipped as well. Uh, talked to an ammo manufacturer, their page was zipped. You know, it's all kinds of pages that have nothing to do with QAnon uh, or you know militias. I heard Texas militias page got taken down, so it's actually the official page for the Texas militia. You know, which is which, which militias are protected by the Constitution, right? But they're not allowed to have a Facebook page anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly troubling the direction they've gone as far as um, expressing their political affiliation, their views, their beliefs, while suppressing those who disagree. And that's just uh, it flies in the face of everything that's good about America. Uh, we do need to take a quick break. We'll come back and continue this conversation. Uh, that segment was brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in Marion and San Antonio. Uh, Rustic Reminders, my friends Josh and Becky, have been taking care of all of my trophy needs for going on a decade now. They'll do the same for you. They answer the phone when you call. They're just all-around great people, have become close friends of mine, and they do amazing taxidermy. That's the, that's the main thing. It's amazing work. You can find them at GR, the number 8 mounts.com. We'll be right back with more from TJ Kurgan of Tactical You Know What on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Don't leave me hanging out online. Don't leave me hanging out online. With city life seemingly getting crazier by the minute, the thought of moving out to the country is looking more appealing than ever. And Foster Farm and Ranch has been recognized as one of the nation's top ranch brokerages the past two years. They have listings in 22 counties and counting and are truly a statewide entity. 
Foster represents buyers and sellers from all walks of life. Farmers, ranchers, hunters, doctors, lawyers, investors, and possibly you. You can find them on Facebook, Foster Farm and Ranch, or Instagram at Foster Ranch Sales. Of course, fosterfarmandranch.com, the website, or call Chad at 830-776-3605. Dallas Off-Road is North Texas' trusted 4x4 shop, specializing in lifts, wheels, tires, exterior upgrades, and gears and drivetrains. I recently took my factory Z71 Silverado into Dallas Off-Road, and they handed me back a lifted beast of a truck that will get me around the deer least or just as easily tackle a perilous mountain road on my way to a backcountry elk hunt. Dallas Off-Road owner Jeff Swope is an avid hunter and gun enthusiast, so you'll have a lot to discuss when you swing by the shop or give him a call. Visit DallasOffRoad.com for all your truck or Jeep customization needs. Red wine and tequila, we're a bad combination. All we feel together is a sick frustration. I got some rough edges and you're smooth and refined. We do all out of part, but we're terrible combined. We should have known. Red wine and tequila, that's a bad combination. A little Owen Temple bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, kind of like uh, Facebook and Freedom of Speech. Bad combo there, too. And that's what we are discussing today as tactical SHI, you know, the thing, <laughs> you know, the thing, uh, TJ Kurgan is here with us after having his Facebook page for his company deleted along with his personal account and his wife's account who had nothing to do with anything other than posting pictures of her kids playing soccer. Uh, so we're going to get back into that momentarily. First, however, this segment of the presentation brought to you by John X Safaris. The dates are booked for this summer. It's uh, July 24th through August 1st or 2nd. Uh, if that works for you and you want to be a part of the fourth annual Lone Star Outdoor Show Safari on South Africa's Eastern Cape, just shoot me an email, lonestaroutdoorshow at gmail.com. I'll send you over all the information on what undoubtedly will be the hunt of a lifetime. Um, with that being said, TJ, thanks for sticking around. Um, I was going to ask you if you've seen what they've been doing on Instagram now as far as the uh, the fact checker, I guess, tab or notification they're putting on posts. They've done it to uh, President Trump's post on Twitter as well. The funny thing is, is that I've never seen a fact checker icon on any post that was left-leaning or... Uh, by a Democratic politician. Oh, yeah. The other day I posted a thing about how the interview was focused on how COVID-19 has uh, affected the international hunting community from, you know, right. people can't travel. You can't, African outfitters, can't, Canadian ones are getting their asses handed to them uh, because no one can go to Canada. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're just losing money. And, and there's some intent. I mean, Trudeau is, is there's no denying uh the fact that he's enjoying that he hates hunting so it's no big deal for him he'll keep the border closed as long as he can uh but i just said COVID 19 next thing you know on my post underneath it there's a link to COVID 19 like because i mentioned yeah yeah what they don't want you to give any advice you know Uh, the only person doctors shouldn't be allowed to give advice only uh, social justice uh, warriors on facebook should be allowed to give you advice about COVID 19 in any shape or fashion yeah yeah so the, the the problem is is that these these companies Facebook Instagram they buy up any other competition before they can really get started, 
because they, they just see a threat and they swallow it up, absorb it. Yep. And so there is no, I mean, people say, well, start your own uh, platform. Well, pe- people have tried to do that and they have a little bit of uh, engagement, but not substantial, not to, not enough to be able to really promote a business. Um, right. And so it's just like, well, if you don't, if you, if you want to be relevant, you have to play on their platforms, but then you have to play by these rules that they make up as they go. And sometimes we don't even know what the rules are. Uh, yep. They can change them on a on a whim. Uh, and it sounds like you didn't we'll talk even about changing on break a, them. Changing on a whim, not not social media that's targeting everybody right now because of this election. Yeah. Uh, four years to the day, but uh, the week before that, PayPal shut us down. Uh, we we originally were shut down by PayPal selling gun parts back in 2015. Mm. And PayPal said, you can't use PayPal to sell gun parts. So we said, okay, well, we'll, that's fine. We'll go ahead and program our website not to allow PayPal as a checkout option if a gun part is in the cart. Mm -hmm. And we did that, and we enjoyed years of using PayPal for people to buy T-shirts. 2018, we were contacted by someone inside of PayPal that was a tactical category representative that told us they changed their policy and that that we could use PayPal now for any gun parts that were 50 state legal. Hmm. So we then worked with them to identify the parts that were not 50 state legal, like 80% lowers, flash hiders, you know, things like that, binary triggers. And uh, we wrote the code so that PayPal could only work if you didn't have those items in the cart. Well, last week in another algorithmic purge, just like the Facebook one, uh, they shut our account down, not just not just the tactical account, but I own three other businesses that have nothing to do with selling gun parts or gear or anything. They're non-political. They're like one's a web design company, another one's a software company. Hmm. They shut their PayPal's down too because they were related to me. They even shut down my 18-year-old son's PayPal account for his car club. God. And uh, and they're holding thousands, tens of thousands of dollars for 180 days. Again, with, with no recourse, no explanation. Just, hey, we don't like you because it's a political year and we're going to hurt you. Hmm. Yeah. A couple months before that, our YouTube got zipped. We had uh, 77,000 subscribers. Basically, all of our videos are funny skits, you know, Saturday Night Live and living color style humor about the Second Amendment and guns and whatnot. And they uh, they took that down. So we never got it back. So that was the, that was the first time we got hit like this where we didn't get it back and i'm really afraid that this time with facebook you know we're not going to get it back so when it happened in 2016 millions of dollars yeah sorry go ahead oh no i was just said it was seven there's hundreds of thousands of dollars spent and invested millions of dollars made and uh they're just going to make it go away because they don't agree with yeah with our company politics right right how did how did it, you get it back in in 2016? How long did that take? It took about 10 days. Uh, that's what we've seen it to be on average when you engage these uh, kind of PR style guys that, that work directly with people at Facebook and say, "Hey, you got this wrong." You know, these guys are not QAnon. They're not Antifa. They're not whatever. Antifa. Right wing right wing people are not Antifa. What the fact that they would right. even? I mean, that's just mind blowing. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't even know what they're talking about. Um, yep. And so we, I would expect if we're going to get it back, we'll get it back in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, in, that, in that time, you know, our company, you know, with 20 employees is losing about two to $3,000 a day in income. Yeah. Yeah. 
So just trying to cripple you guys. Uh, no, no doubt about that, which not surprising. Yep. Like you said, four years to the day. <laughs> uh, it's, that's it's, no accident. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. No accident at all. Um, well, I, I, I just, you know, I wish there was some recourse. I don't know about that. Uh, what Trump signed uh, into law a couple of months ago, but hopefully there's something in there that will protect this from happening, stop this from happening, um, protect pages like, like yours, like mine, like other two-way pro-hunting, pro-conservative pages out there. Because it's just gotten ridiculous. I mean, the, they already control, unless you're watching Fox News, they control all of the media. Nothing positive ever gets reported anymore. It's just, it's really yep. sad what's what's happened uh, as far as the information that, that they're trying to put out there. Um, I don't know. We live in a crazy time, that's for sure. This election is going to be, you know, we say it every time. This is the most important election in the country's history, but this could be the last election. The censorship is already here, and that's that's not going to change. That's uh, they're, they're only going to take that and run with it if they get, yep. get their way. So, uh, Well, man, I, I certainly appreciate your time. If you want to give us your uh, your Instagram, I know that that's still going for you. Yeah, so far. <laughs> uh, ironically, last time we did this, you know, four years ago, that day that I was on the Tommy Laren show, when I got off the Tommy Laren show, the Instagram went bye-bye too. Wow. Um, which I thought was ironic, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so our Instagram is, uh, you know, at tactical SHT, no, no, uh, no underscores or spaces or anything, just tactical SHT. And if you Google tactical SHT, you'll find us. Yeah. Uh, you don't you don't need to say a bad word to go shopping on our site, and uh, we also have a, a brick and mortar stores in St. Louis, Missouri, and in Orlando, Florida. So if uh, if they take us off the internet, you can still find us in the middle of the country and uh, down there in Orlando, uh, right next to the mouse. Right on. Well, man, I, I feel bad that that happened to you. Uh, I, I feel like it's just going to keep continuing to happen, leading up to uh, November and. Who knows if you'll get your page back? Who knows when they'll take mine down? I don't know, but uh, it's not right. That's for sure. And it's uh, it's something that uh, it's amazing that there is no recourse um, that, that they can just operate like that. And I don't know what can be done about it. Well, somebody told me the best idea the other day, and we might as well take a second to mention it because that's the only way it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, if let's say 50% of the country is conservatives and 50% are liberals, if the 50% that are conservatives get sick enough of social media, liberal bias and communist censorship, then all they need to do is boycott the social media, you know, those particular pages for 30 days. So Facebook likes to suspend people's accounts for being, you know, conservatives. Well, why don't, why don't we suspend Facebook for 30 days? You don't have to delete your account. Just turn it off for 30 days and enjoy the outdoors. You know, do something else, because if enough of us do that, that's going to hurt their 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 impressions, which will affect their ad revenue, yeah. which will hurt their investors, which is the only way we're going to we're going to get them to change their policies. Huh. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. But they've definitely put me in jail for 30 days, so uh, I, I wouldn't mind doing it back to them. Yep. Hit them where it hurts. So. Yeah. I'm thinking that that might be my my life's work, you know, moving forward is just to get people to, you know, take 50, take 30 day vacations from Facebook and reduce their ad revenue. If we get 
millions to do it, it'll it'll affect them greatly. Yeah. Well, but it's got to be planned. It can't be just a willy-nilly do it on your own. It, it all needs yep. to happen synchronous fashion. But uh, yeah, you let us know when that's happening. We'll we'll get the word <laughs> out. We'll do. Thank you for the time. Appreciate all right. It. Thanks, TJ. Take care, buddy. All right. So there you have it. You know what's going on. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Good idea there as far as the uh, large-scale boycott. Uh, heard, them in, heard them where it counts in the pocketbook. That's really all Facebook cares about. Uh, so maybe that's the answer. At least uh, probably the best idea that I've heard so far. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by Our Luck Outfitters, offering the finest in Newfoundland moose hunting. You can find them at ourluckoutfitters.com. Unfortunately, just looking at the clock, we got to go. Got to get out of here. Flat out of time. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to both of our guests, of course, TJ, as well as uh, David Wise. It's a treat having him on the show. Um, thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. And all them pretty people up on El Cerrito Place, they all got something in their pockets, all got